Major League Baseball is locked out. What is this gonna do to baseball card prices? We tell you what we think on today's Cards on the Table. Hello, sports card investors, and welcome back to Cards on the Table. We have a great show planned for you today with Major League Baseball lockout talk, information you need to know. And to bring it to you, I've got Teapot here with me today. Welcome back to the show. Always good to be here. And for the first time, I got Hammer with me. Hammer, happy to have you on Cards on the Table. Thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here. We are excited to have you. Hammer's a big baseball guy, so his knowledge is going to come in handy right now as we jump into today's first topic. And that is no other than the Major League Baseball lockout. And what a shame this is, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first time in 27 years that we've had a labor dispute in Major League Baseball. They've already announced that they are canceling the first two series of games of the season. That's going to drop the maximum number of games uh, in the season from 162 down to 156. And this is the first time that we have had to deal with any type of lockout in the ultra-modern card collecting era, right? The last time this happened in Major League Baseball was all the way back in 1994, 1995. The NFL, 2011, uh, but no, the regular season was preserved that year. Uh, the NBA was 2011, that shortened the season. The NHL, the 2012-13 season, shortened the season. But it's been a while. It's been several years before we've seen this. What impact is this going to have on baseball card prices, Teapot? I think there's two different things. And the first thing is, I mean, already we haven't seen the run-up on prices that we saw last year. I think there's been concern about this in general, uh, and that's kind of slowed the hype period. And, and the other big thing is I worry, and this is a shout-out Scotty B. Cards. I feel like I could give him a shout-out every week. He's, he's covering a lot of these topics. I worry about the long-term statistics, like what's going to happen We've, we've been missing time from certain players who might have been on the cusp of the Hall of Fame. And if this season pushes out, plus we had missed games because of COVID, yeah. there's, there's like long-term career stats that get missed out on. Think about if, if any of these guys end up making it to like 497 home yeah. runs, yeah. right? How much that's going to be devastating to their, I mean, they'll probably make it to the Hall, but other guys, they might actually miss out when you start adding up those games. And that's something that he dove into. Well, especially two seasons ago during COVID, a lot of games were missed. You're right. And so if more get missed this year than just the six they currently canceled, it could be a big effect. Hammer, you're a big baseball fan and a huge baseball card collector. How worried are you? So, yeah, from, from the standpoint of, of games, you know, starting to get knocked off, I'm not too concerned. You know, this is the one sport that does have the longest regular season, and it's been there's been talks about potentially trying to shorten that. So, and in terms of maybe the next 60 days, I, I'm not totally worried. I think they are going to understand that they need to get a deal done so the players can continue to, to, to play and so the owners can have their businesses operating once again. But... I'm looking at this more as a whole and maybe outside of just what's going to happen in the next 60 to 90 days. If you look at the at just the players and the pool of players that we have right now from an MLB standpoint, I mean, we are loaded. I mean, you have guys like 
Fernando Tatis Jr., Vlad Jr., Ronald Acuna, Juan Soto. These guys are all under 25 years old. So it's no doubt in my mind that those guys are going to continue to be a major impact when it comes to the hobby. So I really hope that we can just get these guys on the field as quickly as possible so then we can see some of these other up-and-coming guys that I haven't even spoken about, like Wander Franco or Julio Rodriguez or Jared Klinik, we want to see more of. So from a player standpoint, I'm still really, really bullish on where this is going to go. I just hope that the MLB and its players can come to some sort of agreement before it starts to get into, you know, post-April, and then, you know, it starts to even become more worry. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And you were right, Teapot. Normally, we see this run-up in card prices leading to the start of the season. We really haven't seen that. It's a shame because normally, as soon as the Super Bowl happens, everyone shifts their attention to baseball, and the card market still stays strong. It just shifts over. That's not the case right now. We've seen the card market soften a little bit over the last couple of weeks. But where would you where would you turn your attention now? So I've got you brought up some great names. I brought up some of those key ones, and you can see it. You know, Bichette, Acuna, some of these guys. And we last year, if I go last 365 of that long list of of you know qualified guys, only Otani and Vlad Guerrero Jr. are up in the last 365 yeah. days. And you can see there's a pretty impressive name you know list of names here. If I go to last 60. Almost all these guys are flat or down. I think there's a buying opportunity right now that's prolonged for that exact reason. So there could be a buying opportunity. Of course, that's predicated on the season actually coming back sometime soon or their prices may continue to drop. We got to wrap the segment, but I'll just say one thing to everybody out there. Think of vintage and iconic cards because the last time sports were paused, COVID, different situation, but it was of course the vintage and iconic card market that went crazy. Maybe the same thing happens right now in baseball. Who knows? We'll see. Time will tell. Hopefully they figure it out. But we are about to figure out our next topic. Let's jump right in. Teapot, on the Market Movers YouTube channel last week, this past weekend, you put out an episode, a data dive episode, where you were talking about Joe Burrow. And you were kind of, you were kind of uh, looking to the future of Joe Burrow's card prices and where they may go. Now, he was undoubtedly the hottest guy, I would say, the first you know month and a half of this year leading up to the Super Bowl, he was the card that everybody seemed to be chasing. He was dominating our sports card investor app rankings in terms of hot cards that were on the market. Since they lost the Super Bowl, it's been a little bit of a different story. What are you seeing? What are you thinking in terms of Joe Burrow? Yeah, it was an interesting season for the Bengals. They started out hot. They kind of floundered and ultimately made it to the Super Bowl. And really, no surprise. So what I did was I wanted to see you know, kind of using our historical data and other players and what has happened since they won or lost the Super Bowl, what should we expect from Burrow going up and leading up to next season? So the first thing I did was I just looked at Burrow's prices since the Super Bowl. And no surprise, you can see I'm on price changes here by percentage. If I scroll down some of his key cards, you know, pretty much down across the board overall, like his numbers are down. If I go over to price movements by player, both he and Stafford, who won the Super Bowl and obviously kind of solidified a piece of his legacy, are down 27 and 32% respectively. So they both come down. The same thing happened last year to yeah. Mahomes and Brady. And so the, I think there's something yeah, this there. This is not actually yeah. unusual. No, this not. is kind of a pattern yeah. that we often see. Now what's really interesting is Mahomes two years ago, his prices did go up after he won that Super Bowl. I think some of that had to do with there the was, timing of the market. There was a little, there was a little dip, but they rallied back yep. pretty quickly. I think, yeah. I, think uh, I think some of it was timing of the market. I think it was a lot of hype behind him just having broken so many records, and that's kind of what I you know, unpack as part of that. Ultimately, leading up to this season, I think Burrow's still going to just have a lot of hype behind him. I don't know how much of that 
will carry into the season just because the AFC seems really competitive to me. Uh, so it's going to be tough for the Bengals, I think, to get back to a Super Bowl. But Burrow's certainly a fan favorite, and that's obviously going to carry his card prices a long way. Hammer, where are you right now with Joe Burrow cards? Are you, are you, is this, is he on your target as a guy who you want to hold on to long term, or do you think this was a flash in the pan season for the Bengals this year? I think a little bit of both. I think he's obviously showed what he can do in a lot of big spots. I do also think that they need to get the right guys around him. Now, in accordance to his card prices, if we go into the draft and we see that the Bengals go out and get, you know, two offensive linemen, I think you're going to start to see potentially those prices start to come back up because then the hype train is essentially going to start again on, hey, can Burrow get them back to the AFC championship and win? Can he get them to the Super Bowl? So from that standpoint, uh, I'm really curious to see if they can take that next step as a team or if it was just a one-hit wonder. I mean, people forget Patrick Mahomes probably had the worst second half of his career in that playoff game. And not to mention, you know, Ryan Tannehill threw three picks against the Titans. So, you know, they did have some luck along their way, and I do expect, you know, Patrick Mahomes and other guys to come out. Justin Herbert is another name who are going to be coming out with a vengeance, looking to beat him. And from a set standpoint, it's fascinating because Justin Herbert was the guy last year. I honestly think Justin Herbert, people thought uh, where Joe Burrow is at right now, people thought Justin Herbert was going to be there. So it's and who knows? Maybe he could have been if they if that game against the Raiders, that crazy ending to that game. Maybe if that had gone slightly differently, if the tie had actually happened, maybe we would be talking about Herbert right now. Who knows? Definitely. So, for, so from a set standpoint and from a rookie class standpoint, those are the things that I find truly fascinating. Because if you're still holding on to wax from that year, you were probably smiling as you're watching Joe Burrow making this run, and also knowing that Justin Herbert is going to be coming back next year, ready to go. Especially seeing his colleague just take their team to the Super Bowl. Well, wax is a great point, right? I mean, I, you guys know I'm a big believer in sealed wax, and one of the reasons for that is you don't have to necessarily pick if is, is it Burrow or is it Herbert or is it Tua or is it Jordan Love. You can get a little bit of all of them by investing in sealed wax, and as one of them rises, tends that the wax prices rise as well. It's going to be interesting to see. I think, though, if you're holding Burrow cards, if you're nervous about the dip that just happened, in my opinion, just wait till we get closer to the season, and I, every bit as much hype around him is going to carry him into next season as this past. Got to think that's true. Got to think it's true. So it's going to be exciting to see. Also exciting is this word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. Welcome back, and it is now time for the mailbag, where we answer your questions that you leave in the YouTube comments after the show. So if you have a question for us, go put it in the YouTube comments right now. We might tackle it next week. One of the questions that somebody left after last week's show is, do you expect to see grading infiltrate brick and mortar stores? Like, you know, with how popular grading is becoming, is it popular that you could see PSA want to set up retail locations or, or card stores offer some type of solution for that? What do you think, Hammer? So, I think it's a great idea on paper. I think it's going to take, you know, a little while to get there. I mean, if you're just looking at grading in general, and if you go to social media, I imagine you see tons of people worrying about particular quality control or something happening that you know wasn't in their favor from grading companies. So I do like the idea, and, and I think it's something that maybe down the road we could potentially do. But I mean, 
it's just tough with quality control. They're having trouble hiring people just to grade the cards, uh, let alone being able to set up a shop where somebody can just waltz in and necessarily you know, drop cards off. I would say one thing I think would help put it in the right direction is by having more of these companies set up at shows. Now I know like the national, you know, they do a good job of always getting, you know, BGS, PSA, and I think SGC, but you know, we were at Culture Collision this weekend and it would have been nice to have a grading presence there from a PSA or a BGS. That'd be nice. That would be really nice. I agree with that. That seems like a logical step forward, be it more big shows before going the card shop route. I think if you're going to go the card shop route, you really are going to have to have technology in place at the stores, right? So like, so, you know, so that like there, there's going to have to be that wave in computer vision and artificial intelligence to grade cards in order to be able to effectively distribute card grading across that many type of locations. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Teapot? So I'm going to take a different angle on this. I think it would actually be interesting if PSA would consider setting up brick and mortars from the standpoint of like a walk-in and more like this kind of like next generation experience. I'm thinking like a, like a bar in Galleria. Like imagine if you could send some of your cards and it's all secured and insured or something like that. And you could have some of the most impressive cards in the world in PSA slabs featured in a gallery in their shop for a period of time, like a collector profile. A museum. Or um, like a museum for cards. Hmm. So this would be a physical PSA location or SGC or BGS, whoever's got the audacity to undertake something like this. But it would certainly have to be in a huge metropolitan area, you know, like something like Manhattan or something to start out, Los Angeles, where people could go in and get like an entire experience. It would draw potentially draw in people who aren't familiar with cards. They could use it as like a marketing opportunity. And who knows, maybe with their partnership with Golden Auctions, they could start actually like selling those things almost like a true art gallery. Interesting. So like an Apple store meets card grading. That could be kind of wild. I do like the idea. Sports cards are becoming more of a thing to experience. I, I support card shops that are going in that direction of making it more of an experience. Time's up on this topic, but last thing I'll mention is there is an innovative technology, I think it's called CardScore, where they've started putting scanners in card shops and doing some crowdsourced grading, kind of an interesting thing. Not all the way there in terms of like offering a full grading service, but maybe it's a little bit of a glimpse into the future of what could be forthcoming. Really, really interesting stuff. All right, the second question submitted by readers last week in our mailbag is, what are the best selling options outside of eBay? And you guys know we talk about eBay a lot on this channel. Of course, they sponsored the channel in the past, so we're, we're big proponents of eBay. But it's a great question because it's, you know, there's a lot of different selling options now as a seller of sports cards. Now, personally, I tend to deal with higher end cards. I tend to deal with cards that are higher dollar figures. And so for those, I personally use the auction houses often, right? So I use, I use a gold and I use PWCC. You've got other auction houses like Pristine and Heritage and others that do a really good job with auctioning off you know, cards at the really high end of the market. So that's what I tend to veer towards. But what's interesting is there's all kinds of different marketplaces at different levels of the market, depending how you want to buy, depending how you want to shop, you know, everything like that. Teapot, what are a few that you've had your eye on outside of eBay? Yeah, so uh, obviously eBay, the big plus is, is the, the audience. It's like marketing. People get really upset about fees, but as Rob, you know, Northeast Ohio Sports Cards brings up a lot, that's, that's essentially your marketing cost that you put on their platform. And so that's the big plus. If you want a lower fee, you can go to a website like MySlabs. MySlabs has, you know, the 1% seller, 1% buyer fee. It's not as big of an audience. And, right, you know, they, they are starting to dabble a little bit in raw cards now. They do comics, they do other things, sealed wax. But that's a great option if you're looking for something with a, with a lower fee. Another option is ComC. 
If you've got high volume of cards and you want to send them off, obviously they'll scan them in for you. They'll identify them. You can set the pricing and it's sort of like getting them vaulted. You know, it's kind of like setting up at a, at a virtual card show in that way. And then a third option is Sport Lots. Sport Lots is uh, a little bit more specific to like big volume of cards, very low dollar cards. Um, but that can be a really cool option too if you've got a whole bunch of stuff that you want to list. Yeah, yeah, and there's others, obviously StockX, and they've moved in the direction of doing a lot of wax now. And, and you know, there's, there's a whole variety of different marketplaces that have popped up. Uh, in addition to things like Facebook groups, which people are selling on a lot, and, and our Discord, our Sports Card Investor Discord, which by the way, free to join. If any of you want to join the Discord chat, you can get to that by going to sportscardinvestor.com, clicking on community in the main menu bar, join that for free. Very active buy, sell, trade channel on there. Of course, take all the necessary precautions if you're buying from any of these websites, but especially if you're buying one-to-one, -one, use PayPal goods and services, that type of thing. Hammer, what, what, what from your perspective, I know you've done some things with, with card shows. Yes, so uh, I was taught in as an early age, pay as you go and you never owe. And somebody who's a second generation collector who's been to many shows with my dad, uh, you know, there's nothing like getting cash in hand, whether that's you actually putting the money out to get a table or whether that's you walking up and going, I'm gonna go from table to table and see if they want my cards. Um, another aspect of that I like as well is trading. Uh, because sometimes there is a card I want and then I find myself having to sell it on one of those you know, marketplaces and then essentially having to get that cash and then go into the show and, and buy a particular card. But when you go to a show, then you have an option also if there's a particular card you're looking for that you may have some currency in your box there that you could be able to switch. So I'm always going to fight for the old school guys and for the guys that always just like to have cash in hand and be able to have you know, hand over fist. Um, and outside of that, there's another one that's, uh, that's called Mercari. It's not necessarily just strictly cards. It's uh, more of an application that came out a few years back. But uh, it's been you know, thriving when it comes to cards. And one aspect of it that I like is that if a customer sends you an offer and you accept it, they automatically charge that individual as soon as they accept the offer. Yeah, that's something that I know people have had some challenges with eBay in the past. That's, yeah, it's, it, and I think eBay is moving that direction as well. Um, but that's, a, that's definitely you know, nice to know from a seller perspective for sure. Um, awesome. This was a good discussion, guys. I want to mention that the discussion that we just had uh, before the break about the Joe Burrow cards and what Joe Burrow is doing, check out the video that Teapot did on the Market Movers YouTube channel this past weekend. Subscribe to the Market Movers YouTube channel. Check out that video. We're going to put that video link right here in the show, and we'll also drop it below the show notes as well. What can people expect to get from that video? Yeah, so weekly content. Every Saturday, we're dropping a video, and like I said, we're kind of covering how you can think about trying to predict the future of card prices using data that already exists. This isn't pure speculation. It's, it's you know, coupling what you would anticipate in terms of hype with actual data to, to form a, you know, have a really informed opinion. But different topics every week, and I try to get a little more analytical and um, you know, show how, how market movers can help uh, make some of those really important decisions. That's the Market Movers YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. And if you want to try Market Movers, you can try it for free for seven days by using promo code TRIAL. Just go to sportscardinvestor.com, click Market Movers in the main menu bar, and enter coupon code TRIAL for your seven days of Market Movers free. Thanks for watching, guys. Teapot, Hammer, this was a pleasure. Thank you both. Appreciate you guys being on the show. And thank you. Let us know what questions you want us to answer next week. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell icon if you haven't already. And give this a thumbs up. We appreciate it, guys. See you back soon with our next episode. Take care.